hey, welcome to Own the Future. I don't know the rest oh, of the intro. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by change makers, where we gain the freedom to own. Oh, I don't even know it. Ooh. Oh, welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by change makers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to, to own, own our the craft, future. our craft, oh. and the power to own the future. I am your guest, Lucas Scrobot, and today your host is. Abdullah, you guys. Hey. Abdullah. Uh, so I guess we'll explain what we're Ex- doing. Explain this episode. Because <laughs> it's probably going to need some explaining. Okay. So just to back up to how this came to be. I was asking a lot of questions on Instagram. Uh, yeah. About uh, the things that you're doing with Own the Future and Weaver and Loom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also mentioned that the possibility I'll be passing by Dubai. Uh, and you're like, how about will you come and we talk about it uh, yeah. at the studio? Yeah, and I said, you can interview me on my show. Yeah, and I was like, wait, you want me to interview you on your own show? I thought it was a fun idea. I thought it was a really exciting idea, and it's a it's a way to for the audience to l- hear you speak in uh, in a way that maybe they haven't heard you speak before. That's because they haven't been listening to my daily Sunday through Thursday episodes <laughs> on Weaver and Loom. But that's the, but that's a whole different thing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, that's that's you sharing bits of your knowledge and wisdom and stuff that you've accumulated through time and through yeah. Through but there's your, not someone pulling questions no out, out of me. No, yeah. I mean, I I'm not sure how many of your regular listeners, for example, know what you do for for a living. Yeah, like we can start with that. What, yeah. what what's what do I you help, do aside from a podcast? I help people and brands find and communicate their purpose, right? So when I'm working with a brand, I'm going in and we're saying, "What's your why? What do you do? Who do you serve? How do you do it? And then how are you going to communicate that to your audience, to your clients, to your the demographic that you're seeking to hit in a way that is meaningful to them, mm-hmm. rather than in a way that's egocentric and meaningful to you and how are you doing it in a way that's that's causing people to identify with a tribe people like us do things like this rather than just kind of trying to push your messaging on them but inviting them into a greater storyline so that's what i do i help brands Mm. communicate both internally their the culture of their company which then overflows to external brand identity communication messaging. Do you do that independently or? I do, I call it bootstrapping. What does that mean? So bootstrapping is where you're doing it quote unquote independently, but you're working with a broad team where you're bringing in other areas of expertise. Okay. All right. I just want to get into this main question that I've been wanting to ask. Okay. Yeah. How do you do it, man? You're on Instagram every single day. You're putting out five episodes Per week, that's yeah. a daily show. Uh, Sunday, Sunday through Thursday, through Thursday, every day. For people who don't know, four sons, four boys, four boys from the age of at this point six to seven weeks, six to six seven years weeks. old to seven weeks. Yeah, you're in episode one hundred and this is episode one hundred and nine, one hundred and nine, episode one hundred and nine, <laughs> and then I, and I've been doing solo solo uh, five days a week. For the last probably 12 weeks now. I started at 40 was my first okay. 
that I started doing every day. And so be from 40 to 109, five days a week. So a good place to start would be, how did you come to that decision? Because that that's a commitment. That's a massive yeah, commitment. It's a massive commitment. Uh, it, part of it comes, f there's probably multiple things that brought me to the decision of, okay, I'm going to do daily solo seven to 12 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Multiple things. So one, um, you know, Ira Glass talks about it. Uh, Derek Sivers talks about it. Um, Ira Glass talks about it? He, he talks about doing a volume of work. When your work isn't as good as you want it to be, where your taste is great, right. you're like, mm, I, I know what I want it, I know what this should be like. It's not quite there. I know that interview. And your craft isn't, isn't matching. You have the way to get through the dip, as Seth Godin would say, is you need to do a volume of work. You need to put in the reps, whether it's on a daily or a weekly basis, to have the ability where you're shipping and you're you're putting it out to an audience so that you are refining your craft, whatever it's painting, whether it's songwriting, it's going through the reps. And as you put in those reps, you're going to grow and develop as a writer, as a communicator, as a songwriter, um, whatever it might be. Okay. So that was one of the many aspects. All right. Was it a gradual decision or was it, when was that day? Was it, today I'll start, today I'll put out every single episode for the next God knows how long. God knows how long. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Um, yeah. It, it probably, it was a little bit of a gradual decision in that I'm like, okay, I, I, I love when I come off, off an interview, I feel exhilarated. I feel when I'm in an inter interview, even now, um, when I'm being interviewed, I feel like I'm in that place of purpose where I feel that I don't have a better word than that anointing where it's like, this is what I was made for. Like, mm -hmm. this is what brings me joy. And I get that when I'm writing, right? It's that, that place of creating. Um, and so I was at a point where like, okay, I'm interviewing people. Sometimes it's like, well, there's a lot that you have to deal with when you're doing interviews which is part of the reasons that I have this setup right now is that, okay, scheduling. What's the quality of the person that you're interviewing, the, the research, and then, you know, all these components to come together to do one interview. Mm -hmm. And I was at a place where like, well, I, I want to be able to also put my thoughts and my voice out into the world. I can't do that when I'm interviewing you, right? right? I can't, I'm not going to hijack the, and some people do, I guess. Some people hijack the conversation and they become me monsters when they're supposed to be right. giving a platform to their guest. Right, right. So it's like, oh, well, in most cases, in some cases, you are very engaged in the conversation. The Khaira B yeah, interview yeah. was amazing. Yes. It was you. People always refer to that one. But yeah. that's because she was amazing. Mm -hmm. So that interview was amazing because the guest was amazing. Mm -hmm. And when the guest is amazing and they are able to engage in a different way in the the interview and in the conversation, right. it's a two, it's, it takes two, right? So it's also a matter of expectation, right? So I think a lot of people would come into uh, this setup and uh, that, and the expectation that you're going to learn something about them. So they already set their mindset on, I'm going totally. to give and not, not necessarily take because they, they're there. They're going to take and not necessarily give in or, some ways, right? They're not going to give, they're not going to ask more questions. They're right. going to like, 
just take the questions rather than you're try looking to, at the, the other way around, yeah, or yeah. or give the answers rather rather than <laughs> rather than ask because it is questions. giving. They're giving parts of their history, parts of who they are, parts of themselves. It yeah. is it, it is giving, um, uh, but it's not necessarily the expectation is I'm going to come here to share a piece of my journey. Totally, Khaira B is an, is a podcaster. Right, so she's coming from a different right. mindset. So even though that might have been the expectation, but her being in this setup is her engaging in co active conversation. Yes. So I, I think that that had a lot to do with it. Um, right. So it's yeah. not a knock on anyone. I mean, yeah, because I was only any that's been on. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, there was that one that's with well, that story tank guy. Um, no. So right. yeah. So part of it is that expectation. And part of it is, you know, like Khaira, like she she does this and she knows what it takes to create an engaging conversation. So and I've been in other episodes where, you know, there is kind of that that back and forth and it's not just a one sided asking mm -hmm. question. So so back to the point, hmm. uh, you wanted a, you wanted a way to be able to to talk, to, to be able to say what you have to say. Right. I wanted a way to be able to say what I have to say. And as you've pointed out multiple times in the the pre-show hangout time, mm -hmm. the length of my podcast, they're long. You yeah. know, it was a miracle uh, last week with Zainab Aswali. You know, we, it was like an hour long. That's probably the shortest episode of Own the Future mm -hmm. that I have. Normally they go two hours. So I'm like, okay, well, sometimes people aren't interested to engage in a two-hour podcast. I'm one of them, right? Sometimes I don't, I don't listen to a yeah. two-hour podcast. So how can I put out potato chips every day? How can I put out short crunchy thoughts right. that are more shareable. And so I was also looking at how can I get more at bats? How can I get more opportunities to hit people for that seven to 12 minutes and drip, 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 drip over however long I need to drip for right. in order to, to achieve my goals. And that's where Weaver and Loom came from. And that's where Weaver uh, and Loom came from, which came from a dream, which, which, so I had a dream that was, you know, teaching people to weave on this loom. Did you mention this? Oh, I, I, don't I don't think, think I've mentioned. I don't think I mean, mentioned this. this. Own the future came from a dream. Really? Own the. I had a dream. We're in the dream. I had a podcast where I was, you know, engaging with. Uh, I don't know the right like third cultured Arabs, right? People like you, people who are. This is while you were in the U.S. No, this was. Uh, I was here, this was maybe like two years ago, That's maybe a year and a half, probably a year and a half ago now. And so I had a dream from that dream. I'm like, oh, I should, I'll, I'll try to do the dream. And then I had another dream with the Weaver and the Loom. This is um, a regular occurrence. You, 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 I love dreams. And you take your, what do dreams mean to you? What do your dreams mean to you? This is... It's fascinating on the dream because I, I have a lot of <laughs> dreams and I never take it to mean anything substantial. I think, I mean, dreams can come from, you know, pizza. Dreams can come from, <laughs> you know. Let's not even go there, Luke. The, right, no, they can. Like you can. You can have a dream and it's just a dream. It means it's your mind processing information. But then I think there's dreams that are, um, they bring guidance. There's mm. dreams that bring warning. There's lots of different kinds of dreams. Um, right. And each dream, you have to have the the wisdom and the the ability to interpret that dream. And some dreams, you're like, oh, I wonder what that means. Ah, it means nothing. I feel like there will be a way to come back to this 
uh, to the dream uh, yeah, I'd love to circle around to it. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Back to your question. So I had I had a dream. I had vision of okay, I I have things that I want to share. I want to develop my own voice. I don't want to have to be always you know, because before with Own the Future when I wasn't just doing the daily episodes, I was doing weekly, I would do some solo segments that were a little longer, probably 20 mm -hmm. minutes. I remember that, yeah. Um, and so it was taking that and saying, okay, well, how about I position that intentionally and say, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up and put myself on the hook mm -hmm. for every day to get my thoughts, my voice out there to begin to hone my thoughts, hone my ideas, hone my voice. Um, and so part of it's like, well, because I know part of your question is like, well, you're putting in so much content, I can't listen to it all. I'm like, well, that's okay. It's not for you. I mean, it is. But if someone listens on Monday and then Wednesday and doesn't listen to the other three, well, that's okay because I'm, I'm not putting out one piece of content that I'm hoping that everyone listens to. I'm putting out an ecosystem of content that I want people to engage with. Okay. Now coming to the content. Okay. I love the idea of say putting out me, Abdullah, I want to put out content every single day. All right. Let's, let's you should. Just... <laughs> Wait. You're, you're a gifted creator. You it's, should. But, but this is the difference, right? When it comes to the, the stuff that I do, it is, it's very rarely me talking in fact whenever i do share a p my opinion or my thoughts on something it's very calculated a very i think i i put a lot of thought on what i want to say and why do i want to say it mm -hmm. that's a different that's a different thing what i want to ask you is it's one thing to say i'm going to put out content every day it's another thing to be able to actually do that, where does this stuff come from on a regular day-to-day -day basis? What is the secret book that you're reading <laughs> that you're pulling all of this stuff from? No, for real, like where? It, come, it, come, it comes from life. It comes from personality. And it comes from putting myself on the hook and showing up when I don't feel like it. Amateurs show up without deadlines when they, when they feel like it. Professionals show up when they don't feel like it and they set a deadline. And it's that act of committing that, you know, right now, this this is going to be, you know, we're recording on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I don't have an episode for Sunday. This is Sunday's episode. Okay. I don't know what the podcast is going to say on Monday yet. But I'm on the hook. It's right. going to say something. Well, that's all well and good, though. But, like... If I was, if I want to put myself on the hook and like I need to put out an episode, I don't, I don't have stuff to pull from. Like where, like so, so I, new ideas you... come from old ideas that are combined, right? So when you take two old ideas and you whether take one old idea and put it in a new context or merge two old ideas together, you synthesize something out into a new idea. What's you have a process? Yeah, my process is. You know, I have a whiteboard and I, I write and like, oh, here's this idea. And oh, that connects to this idea. Oh, oh wait, that idea is hierarchical to these other ideas. And here's this other sub point. Oh, I have a nine part series. And so I'll, I'll map out that nine part series. Each one is one. I try to have one thought, okay. one main point per episode. 
could you give me an example and walk me through it? Which part? The one of your one of the ideas of uh, a, a series of uh, yeah. So I so there's two. There's a few different series that I did. So I did one series on um, defend your walls. You know, right. build build your walls and defend your gates. So in the earlier series, I'm not a big fan of it, but I do think that I could refine it into a book. Um, but the whole idea was, okay, there's different spheres or areas of our life that we need to have defined and know what our principles are, know where our boundaries are so that we're living a boundary life mm-hmm. so that we know what we want to bring in and what we need to keep out. So I identified, okay, here's the, you know, off of ancient Mesopotamian cities. This is what used to happen at city gates. Identified those seven different ones. You have a lot of stories as well. Do you go on Google and like? Well, yeah. So I'll, I'll, you know, whether it's reading content, reading the news, stories from a long time ago. I, Mm. you know, so I did a a series on, you know, things that were impossible until they weren't, Mm -hmm. you know, and talking about, okay, you're, we, you and I, and everyone listening to this show, you are an agent of change in the world and probably at some level you want to achieve something that in some way seems impossible. And so I did a five-part series on stories of people who did things that they were told, well, it's impossible. You're never going to do this. You're underfunded. You're, you didn't come from this family. You didn't come from, you know, fill in the blank. But they achieved something that was impossible and now it's possible and it changed the world. So I did a series on that. I just finished a series on, you know, from actually uh, Sabrina. She's designing some uh, some logos, some yeah, she told stickers me. for me. Yeah. Super excited. I was very for jealous. Them. And, <laughs> yeah, super excited for yeah. them. Multiple reasons. One's because she, she listens to the show. So I'm like, oh, mm. this, this is epic. So she did a she did an image that was um, this this blacked out face with the a stamp across it saying absolute nobody. Because I, I talk about, mm-hmm. do you have the courage to become an absolute nobody? And so when I saw that, I felt like the, the spirit of that image or the energy of that image wasn't what I wanted it to communicate. It seemed a little bit too self-deprecating. It seemed a little bit too like, you know, I'm just, I'm a nobody, you know, here I am. And it's not Sabrina's fault. That's just, you know, so that's not anything against her. That's what the impression that I got from it. And I thought, hmm, interesting. I I want to go back and I want to redefine and really unpack that singular idea of what does it mean to have the courage to live as an absolute nobody. Mm-hmm. So I took some time and I broke down, okay, what what does it mean? Well, if you if if you have the courage to be an absolute nobody, that means you actually are seeking to make a change in the world. You're actually searching for real greatness, true greatness. Mm-hmm where you're not pandering to the opinions of others. So now I broke that down into a nine-part series where I'm talking about, okay, what does it mean to absolute nobody? What's greatness? Okay, how, do, how, how are you living from your identity, not searching for your identity? So many of us are acting because we're doing things to try to gain status symbols or identity or affirmation in the world. So I broke all of those components down bit by bit, just like you would in a book, mm. chapter by chapter, one idea per chapter, one overall big idea from the book. Right. Which is something that I said to you earlier on when you started putting out yeah. Weaver and Loom, that this feels like it could easily be a book. Yeah. And, and, then, so, and so, yeah. but if I didn't do that, mm-hmm. 
Right. So now I actually, you know, with that nine part series, I'm like, I really should turn that into a book. I'm going to, and I have plans to go back, refine it and, and turn it into a short manifesto, you know, less than a hundred pages, books that are full length, only 3% of people finish. I want to write a book that people finish because I, it's not just a vanity thing. I actually want to impact people. So I'm going to try to write a book, less a second book, less than a hundred pages. That is going to be, well, what does it mean? to be an absolute nobody? What does it mean to be a change maker? Because real change makers are absolute nobodies. And I talked about this in an episode that the the greatest change maker in all the world are moms. Yeah, I heard that one. They're the greatest, like they are the most powerful shaper of culture globally, hands down. Not the Illuminati, not the bank, <laughs> not the white, big, bad white man. It's the mothers. Mm-hmm. But notice they are the most unseen, unrecognized, uncelebrated on a global level, the mom. Right. So, so, you know, I would have not had the ability to articulate that if I wasn't putting out content, if it, I wasn't forced to sit down and say, well, mm-hmm. I'm writing. I'm going to, if it's, it's bad, there's so many of my episodes out there that are bad. Right. Really? There's so many bad, like, like that whole the whole first series on uh, on the the gates and like oh that's too it's too thought driven it's not story driven enough and that's where I feel like I fall short I'm not telling I'm not telling stories the way that I want to I finding those stories architecting those stories how do you feel your uh, Weaver and Loom has uh, evolved since the early episodes. Seems like it feels like ages ago, but it wasn't that long it's ago. It's only 13 weeks ago, maybe now. <laughs> yeah, but but how has it evolved since then? I think it's it's you know right now as we speak, I'm in the stage of really questioning, looking back and saying, okay, how can I refine? Because I don't feel like it has the teeth that I want. I'm in that same place as so many, probably of everyone. I mean, not everyone, but so many people who are listening to this, which is, I have, I know where my taste is. And I know where my content is and there's this mm-hmm. massive gap. Right. So it's not enough just to put out content. It You have to put it out and then you have to pause and look back and reflect and refine and refocus. So what are the things that you found that you did before that you're doing better now? Or um, you're not- some of the things mm-hmm. that, I, that I've done before that I really liked is series. Some of the things that I've done before... Um, that I like is telling stories, finding those stories and telling them. And I feel like that is uh, harder for me to do because you have to find the story. It's and then research. how it's research. How, how are you going to tell that in a compelling way that's meaningful? Um, how are you connecting to, to people? Um, someone asked me the other day, he's like, well, are you being vulnerable enough? And it's really like, okay, you're right. I probably need to step up my vulnerability personally in these daily I feel like I've noticed that in a couple of your later ones Uh, when when you would say things like you or I Mm -hmm. should not or should do that you would involve yourself so it's less like I am here. I figured all of this out. <laughs> I haven't and this figured is, anything out. I know. Yeah. I, no. No. I know what you're I, saying. I, because it, you, I like the fact that you make it clear that this is something that I am also struggling through, which I've been hearing a lot of in your later episodes. Yeah. And this is what we should be working on together. Yeah, and that's you know. But how do you balance that? Because that's a question. 
Yeah, because that's on one hand, you you there is a, a element of vulnerability that you 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 you're human, right? Uh-huh. And the other hand, you are at a almost in a position of authority here, in a sense. I am coming to you to to learn something and to gain knowledge. So how do you balance sh- showing vulnerability versus showing that uh, this is wisdom that I I have to offer? That's a really great question. It makes does it make sense? Yeah, because you don't yeah. you don't want to be over vulnerable. Yeah. and self deprecating because then no one wants like I don't want to listen to someone that's just whining about their life. <laughs> right. Right. Actually, some people love that. God bless them. No, like the the <laughs> podcast Millennial. Do you remember that? Did you ever listen to that? No. It's all about uh, this this girl in her mid twenties documenting what it's like uh, graduating from college and trying to find uh, just to build a, a life, a career, and like, and it's literally just her documenting her day to day conversations, trying to figure her life out. And it's funny that you said whining because I I listened to an interview of her. She, her show got uh, she she stopped her show even mm. though she was doing really well. She stopped it, and her reason was she started to feel that she was whining while when it started because because it, it starts a ratchet. Mm-hmm. If you start to produce content that way, you're you're starting this ratchet where you find oh. If I show more hardship in my life mm-hmm. and I expose that, become more vulnerable, be more dramatic, that leads to higher value of entertainment. That's or so not higher cre- value. So now you're creating problems. You're, you're exaggerating. Why does reality problems? TV work? Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was the, the she did it for about four years, and I absolutely recommend people listen. Like you, you should. It's a really great podcast. It's but but that's the conclusion she came towards at the end at least from the way i understood it in her interview that it started to feel like she's using her family as commodity for mm. for like when a when an issue happens or like this is gold like this right, is, right, right. Wait, <laughs> wait, before this fight one minute mom let me record this get really angry again but it's like you said so now the the what quote unquote whining is kind of a commodity so you try to find reasons to whine right Right, because then and then you realize that the more that you do that, the more drama that you have, the better your viewership goes. So mm-hmm. then you're focusing on that, and the next thing you know, that you're finding a problem behind every corner, and it's everything's always so hard. But at the same time, no but one wants to time, listen to a, a, a story. Th- isn't a story without it, conflict. Absolutely, and in every story, there's always that internal. And we talked about this. Yeah. Every story on the on the episode that we did together. A long time ago, a year ago now. Mm. Um, There's always that internal conflict. And that's where I need to, I, uh, working how, working that out. And I haven't figured that out, but I'm trying to work that out of how can I, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says that any, anytime someone is sharing a story about themselves, it's always susceptible to suspicion. It's like, well, what makes your story so great that you think that you should share from your life experience or your story, like why? And so I've taken that and, and I think it's true. So I, I'm i in that place where I realize, okay, I need to be more transparent and more vulnerable to, to connect with an audience, with the people that I seek to talk with and serve on a deeper level because I believe that is so important right. and because I, I don't want it to be an us and them. Right. It's a we, you know, I'm... I'm in this with you, even if from a place of leadership, 
I want to I want to lead from behind. If you know that mm-hmm. that phrase, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to lead from the front. I want to lead from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but so but so then the other side of that um, that vulnerability is okay. Well, how can I tell stories about other people so that it's not wrapped up in my vanity? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's a challenge. It's challenging it is, it is. to storytell that way. Yeah. And I don't think I'm very good at it. You're doing an episode every single day. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Too. Right. And, and that's, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. well, I need to figure it out. Right. I'm, I need to, like, I'm at the stage now, as I said, like, I'm looking, okay, how can I refine? I've been thinking this last two, three weeks, like, okay, should I take a pause and take two weeks to kind of re- refine the show? But then mm-hmm. I don't want to do that because I'm like, well, I feel like, you know, I'm 13 weeks into it. I'm finally building some, I feel like I'm building momentum in some ways. So why would I want to stop my momentum now? What momentum in what sense? Are you talking about audience or are you talking about your, 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 both maybe yourself? I feel like audience in some ways. I feel like myself momentum, mm-hmm. um, just having that streak, right. right? Just having that, the confidence that comes with like, well, I've, I've done how many? That's 60, 70 episodes almost. Five days a week. Bro, I'm exhausted just hearing that, man. Right. So, so, but, but in the beginning, I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to say next week. Right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say next. But now, but now I'm like, I, and I still, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say next week. Hmm. But I'm like, but I have the confidence, like, well, I figured out the last 70. I'm sure I can figure out something else to say tomorrow. Yeah. Where do you feel like this skill that you, the skill that you've gained from doing these daily episodes has translated in other areas in your life in any way? I don't think I've been doing it long enough. 13 weeks, you said? Yeah, 13 weeks, that's nothing. Right. It, no, it could be. 13 weeks could be something. So, I, so this is what I think. I think in that 13 weeks, right, that 70 episodes, I've probably learned in 13 weeks what most people learn in a year. Right. So I, okay. Which comes, then that leads me to another question. How much, and if you don't mind me asking, we don't have to add anything if you don't mind. How much time are you giving to the other parts of your life, considering how much you're doing? Because it, bl- it blows me away how much you're doing. Right. But it it also gets me wondering. But it looks, so this is the thing. It looks like I'm doing more than I am. Okay. Right. So I'll, I'll sit down, I'll have a notebook and for an episode, I'll probably, I'll take one, one sheet of paper, like a small journal paper, Mm -hmm. not an A4 and I'll, I'll have my, my theme and I'll write down my bullet points. It'll take me 30 minutes maybe to, to pre-produce the show. I'll turn on the camera, I'll sit down, start to finish, 10 minutes, it's done, it's already on the computer, I already have the preset, click master, wow. it bounces it, I sync it with the, the, vi- the video, bounce that, and it's done. Right. So it's not taking that much time to actually produce. So if, if I was a writer, and I am a writer, if I was, if I was doing, how about to say, if I was writing... It would be the same as my discipline of sitting down and writing every day. Instead, it's the discipline of sitting down and putting those thoughts together in, in thought form and then presenting it 
every day. Right. So we were talking earlier about uh, you trying to find a way to display more vulnerability. Mm. And perhaps doing an episode like this where the roles are switched could be uh, yeah. a way towards that. So I would like to ask you a question. Yeah. I, f- I feel like looking from the outside, I mean, we're friends, but uh, we're, we're, we're not like f- close friends. I don't know a lot of the ins and yeah, outs. You never text your- me back. Bro, I always text you back. <laughs> I always text you back. Um, what is what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now, considering how much you're putting on? And I, you say it's 30 minutes that it takes an to hour, but an hour, an an hour per episode, right? Yeah. Aside from the other work that you're doing, and it's only an hour. How much time do people spend watching TV? I don't watch TV. Okay, I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. Just don't watch TV. You just gained an hour and a half. Don't don't binge. Like my wife and I watch one movie a week, maybe maybe two if we do like two days on the weekend. Okay. What's and, and recently it's been, mm. you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. There's nothing. <laughs> Let's I go could, to bed. I could suggest a few things. Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so so it's the thing. It's like. Mm. You like if you are working a 40 hour, let's say you're working a 50 hour work week mm-hmm. or you have 168 hours in your week, you're sleeping for about 70 hours in your week. So you have 100 hours to play with in your week, 100 hours in a week. Let's say you're working 50 hours a week. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have 50 hours. What are you going to do with that 50 hours? Right. There's family. Uh, okay. There's like grocery and like house chores and like yeah. running errands. Yeah, that does not take 50 hours in a week. Right. You still have a, a, some left So let's, let's say, which I don't think it's true, let's say all that stuff takes another 30 hours. So you got 20 left. You have 20 hours in a week. What are you doing with it? Cut out TV out of that 30 hours and now you're at 25 hours in a week. Mm. What do you, like that's your destiny. Like we're totally fine with wasting 15 minutes scrolling through Instagram. Right. Are you fine with squandering your destiny? Are you fine? Are you, if, if, if I said, Hey, Hey, Abdullah, do you want to squander your destiny today? No. All right. Okay. Well, if you, <laughs> if you squander that 15 minutes, you actually squandered 15 minutes of your destiny. Right. Your time is your destiny. Mm-hmm. I am compelled to not squander my destiny, thus not squander my time, thus mindless Binge watching on Netflix isn't a priority in my life. So I make it not a priority in my life. Mm. And I choose not to do those things. And now, boof, 25 hours in my week. What am I going to do? What can I create? Right. What can I build? What contribution can I make to the world with that 25 hours in my week? During this journey, there it no- looks. I mean, it looks like to me I should be putting out 25 episodes rather than five. <laughs> So imagine the inefficiencies that are in my life. Right. But we're not robots, you know, like there, there, there are days when you're sad. There are days when you're tired. There are days. How, how and do you... that's where I'd say, are you a professional or are you an amateur? Right. Because do you go to work when you're sad? Yeah. I go to work when I'm sad too. Right. But right? When, it, when it comes and to. I show up to my mm. art when I'm sad. 
because right. I'm not I'm not showing up based on my and this great book, um, the the art of the work the war of art, mm. not the art of war, which is the famous book, but the the war of art, the war of the resistance within mm -hmm. that keeps us from creating our art. And that is exactly what you're pointing to and exactly what you're talking to is like, well, right. when you feel sad, it's like, well, <laughs> boo, <-hoo. laughs> you, you know, put your emotions aside and do your work. It, Cause the thing right. I'm not saying every day I need to create a hit episode mm -hmm. every day. I need to make sure that it's like totally optimized. Mm -hmm. It's the, I'm, I'm saying I want to put in the reps cause I know that it's in the reps is the refining and the growing and the strengthening. And then when I reflect, then I can have something that I can pivot and edit. But if I am up here all day and I'm not doing the work with my hands, like I've planned, right? I, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It's like 80% there. Okay, now I'm going to work and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to refine. It's like if, if I told you, okay, Abdullah, get in your car or pretend that you're in your car right now and drive all the way back to Muscat. You could tell me maybe the roads that you need to go on, but you wouldn't be able to simulate with your foot and the brake and the steering wheel how to get there. Right. So many people are stuck trying to simulate in their mind, well, how fast do I press the pedal and when do I stop and how far do I turn the steering wheel? It's oh, like, yeah. well, you have to get in the car and start driving oh, to and, figure that and, out. And they're like the best critics, oh, right? Yeah. They're like, they got it all figured out until it's time for them to do something. Exactly. <laughs> all right. And so that's, so you, you have a plan, you have your map. Okay. I know I am in Dubai. I want to get to Muscat. That's good enough. Get in the road and start driving. Right. So this is what I'm trying to get at, Lucas, which I'm trying to, right? Because I, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to see this. I'm not even doing this for the audience. You're doing it for you. Yeah, I'm doing it for that's me. Why, that's why I talk to people. I'll do it for me. Yeah, I want to... What is something about you, a quality that you feel like you could improve on? Like, like I think I see you the way the audience sees you, mm. you know? But, um, like, we're all human. We all have flaws and we all want to get better. And I've, I want to I see that. What is it about you... I want to break through the facade of one time, Lucas Scrobot. One, one time someone said to me, um, all work and no, no play makes Lucas a dull boy. Right. I have, I have, you know, I have a hard time having fun. I have a hard time breaking away and like stopping to have fun with my kids. That, you know, I, I do that like, I'm not like ultra bad I, every day. I'm trying to have time with my kids, but I'm not, I'm not like, Hey, where do you want to go out tonight, babe? Let's like, let's do something fun. Um, I, I'm an introvert. I love being in that space of creating and working as a writer, as a creative, but I've had to learn over the years and I'm st still learning. I'm like what I need to achieve my goals exists in you. What I need to achieve my goals exists out there in the world. And I need to break out of my creation mode. And I need to spend time with people. I need to sit down and have a coffee. I need to go. I need to network more. I need to shake more hands, mm -hmm. laugh more with strangers. Like that's that's a real issue of me working, working 
in solitude, which I love because I'm an introvert in creating. Mm. And so, but I've chosen to do that rather than to network. But maybe, maybe my, my numbers would grow more if I was more busy networking, networking and, and handing out cards. People. So right. there, there's a weak point right there. Right. But it, it just considering everything you've been saying, it feels like it, it shouldn't be that difficult for you to overcome that. Or what am I missing? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but that's, it's probably too, it's, it's, I mean, do you, how much do you spend time hanging out with other people? Bro, I'm, I'm flawed as hell, man. Oh, no, so my, my point is for people, like, yeah. probably people on the other side of the coin would be like, well, that shouldn't be too easy to like break out and like mm. go see people. I'm like actually like ask my wife. Like it is like, I, like, she's like, Hey, do you want to go out and do this? I'm like, ah, yeah, sure. Like mm. I, I, I love that place of sitting, creating, thinking, reading, exploring, you know, on the Enneagram. I don't know if you listen or if, You've listened to any of the Enneagram stuff or know about There's the Enneagram. Some, yeah, a couple of them. So I'm, I'm a five on the Enneagram, which means my vice is the love of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Avarice, the love of oh, knowledge. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying how yours is the best one. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying it jokingly, but not really. <laughs> exactly, see? <laughs> I remember you that. You remember. Yeah. So, like, that, mine is the love of, of knowledge. And because of that, I can so easily skew to this place of independence because I don't want to be dependent on other people. And so it's a strength because I'm able to, to do things without needing other people, but it's a weakness because if I want to do anything significant, I need to do it with other people. I need mm -hmm. to build something bigger than me. I need to do it in team. I need to, I need to break out of that consumption and gathering and ideating of knowledge and move into execution and or move more into relationship hmm. and more face-to-face -face sitting down. Like that's a, that's a, a real area of weakness okay. for me. And you can, you know, my wife would, if she was sitting right here, she'd be like, yeah. Bro, you're bringing up ideas for like part two and part three, man. We're, we're here. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> that would be a whole different coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> Meet Next Rachel. Time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> my, um, wife, my wife is incredible. I mean, people ask, well, how do you do it with four boys? I'm like, well, I married an incredible woman. Mm. Like she's an ama amazing mom with such a huge capacity. Do I, I help? Know. Yeah. And I hear she makes a mean chili. She makes an incredible chili. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's incredible. <laughs> um, where is this going, man? What is this all for? Yeah, that's a great question. I wonder that too. <laughs> it's really, really. No, I mean, if you look, if you look up here, this. So this is you want more vulnerability. Uh, no. uh, Donald Miller. Have you heard of Donald Miller? No. I'm, give, I'm giving away my greatest secret right now. <gasps> that's if enough. you call one eight hundred five 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 secret, I will tell you. No. Um, but really, this this if if you're listening to this and you're wondering how can I become a better communicator, this is probably one of the greatest secrets that. I'm ashamed to give away because it's so brilliant. Don, Donald Miller, who has the company Story Brand, and his motto is, you confuse, you lose. If you confuse, you lose. And he talks all about how to tell a story, how to have your brand tell a story, how 
there's specific parts of the story. Character has a problem, meets a guide. The company is always the guide. Um, brilliant. So I've been thinking a lot of what he has been saying. And I look at my positioning. I look at my podcast. I look at what I'm doing. And I'm like, man, if someone asks, well, you know, what do you do? Mm. Well, you know, I, I do a little of this and I kind of do that. And, you know, I have a podcast. Well, what's a podcast about? Well, it's like, you know, it's uh, right? right there's. So right here, I have it right there on the board. You can see it. And I almost erased it because I didn't want you to see it. <laughs> right? Because I don't because vulnerability, that's that's a weakness. And as a five, um, I don't want to appear vulnerable, right? I want to appear safe. So when people think of Lucas Scrobot or Own the Future or whatever, they think what? What do they think? When and when people think that thing, my name comes up in their head. I like I'm trying to work on that. Right. I'm trying to refine when you know, I think my Lucas Scrobot, I think, what's your purpose? Right. Um, I'm so glad you said that because over here I have my three triangles and in the middle is actually purpose. So that's where I'm actually going through. So thank you for the confirmation. Wow. And so, that's true. It's like, so okay, you, you communicated it very well then. I've, I have communicated it. I've communicated it well, but I haven't articulated it. Right. So you've gotten that through osmosis over time, mm -hmm. which I think that's a, an encouraging thing. But how does that translate into, well, what's, what's it all for? Well, really, where I, what I need to do is then say, okay, I help brands communicate their purpose. I help brands find their purpose. I help brands communicate purpose internally and then externally. I help brands bring people into that purpose. I help people mm -hmm. find and discover their purpose. Why? So, that is all for part one of three with this series with Abdullah Ma'awali and myself, where Abdullah gets to ask me really hard and pressing questions. Stay tuned for tomorrow, part two, where Abdullah asks this question. And they're lost. 100%. And so when you say follow your destiny or follow, what does that mean? As always, thank you for listening. I'm Lucas Scrobot. And remember, if you own your story, you will own your future.